And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Hey, and Wade, it's good to see you. You're watching on our YouTube channel, Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm the guy with the larger-than-life forehead, and Wade is a small man. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm doing good. Just sitting up here, uh, getting a little much needed rain. We start a podcast. We talk about the weather and I think both of us living in rural America and growing gardens and that sort of thing. You having sheep, me living mm-hmm. on a cattle farm. We tend to talk about the weather. Yes. And, uh, it won't be long that the, uh, the rain that we're having is going to dry up and it's going to just turn off blazing hot. Yes. Good old Arkansas heat, man. And I, I hate it. It's, it's I do too. July and August are the two months I say, why do I live here? Why yeah, am I really? This is, what am I doing? This is stupid. Right, right. Well, well so you've been, you've been planting the garden and you've got everything. I've got planted. everything but the purple hole peas and the okra in the ground and going. I planted three rows of green beans about two weeks ago. They should be coming up. We've gotten uh, probably close to two inches of rain in the last three days. And that should get all my green beans up and out of the ground. We're eating a few cucumbers where uh, our onions are kind of starting to die back. So we've been eating a few onions out of the garden. I've had radishes and squash. We're starting to get yellow squash. So my You're wife's still, me hungry. I know my wife's still waiting on that first tomato. That's always, <laughs> that's when you officially have a garden when that first yeah. tomato comes off the vine. Right, right. Well, today's topic, it's a, it's rather uh, really to start out with rather sad as we think about that tragic shooting in South Texas, I believe it's called Uvalde, Texas, school shooting where there were 19 children killed and then two other teachers. The, the topic today is a Christian's perspective on gun control. Should there be gun control? Um, there's a lot of debate after that shooting in the latter part of May. Uh, the Democrats, liberals, immediately you know, started calling for gun reform more gun laws. Uh, Biden has uh, wanted to ban assault weapons, whatever assault weapons are uh, by definition. Um, he wanted to raise the age of, of owning an assault rifle, many other things. And so what, what is a Christian perspective? That, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Now, America is one of the only nations in the world that their citizens own guns are are allowed to own guns um so we're rather unique from the other parts of the of the world and uh so we're gonna be looking at that 
uh, again, uh, so many voices out there uh, calling for gun control. And of course, Hollywood is always going to be calling for it, even though they create movies and TV shows full of you know violence yeah, using glamorizing guns. Glamorizing the use of guns and praising yeah, Glamorizing it, sure. Uh, so, but also there, there are voices from evangelicals uh, that are calling for uh, more gun laws, such as Danny Aiken, who is the president of Southeastern Theological Seminary. Um, what's your take on this topic, Christian's perspective of gun control? I think we need to first, you know, understand the terms. Gun control is just that. It's controlling guns. And you can never control criminals. You can pass laws to define what criminals are, but more laws do not cut down on criminals. I mean, it's laws are to specify who's right and who's wrong, what's acceptable and what's not. Mm -hmm. So gun control is not ever about public safety. It is always, has been, always will be about public control. And so yeah. I think when we start with the term gun control, we need to start and understand that this is not about trying to prevent a school shooting. And here's why. You can't prevent a school shooting. Was it in Nigeria last week mm -hmm. that Christians were gunned down by a Muslim extremist in yeah, an area is. where they can't own guns? It's against the law to own guns. Right. I don't know if you know this, Wade, and, I, and our listeners may not know this, and it may be too deep to understand, but. I'm going to wade off into it right now and just, just kind of test the waters. Did you know that it's against the law to speed on the highway and go above the speed limit? I, I've heard that. Okay. Here's what I've discovered. <laughs> that hasn't stopped speeders. Right. People still go above the speed limit. So when we talk about gun control, you need to understand there are already laws in place that restrict who can buy a firearm and what kind of firearm they can buy. There's already background checks in place that you have to fill out every time you buy them from a dealer. Mm -hmm. But gun control is not punishing or is not going to stop people who are already breaking the law. It, yeah. It's against the law to commit murder. Right. Adding another law to, to prevent a gun is not going to stop murder. It's already against the law. And when yeah. someone decides they're going to break the law, it's like running from the cops. When someone decides to run from the cops, they don't obey the speed limit. They don't obey stop signs and stop lights and traffic mm -hmm. lights. They've made the decision to transgress the law. Yeah. All the other minor laws are null and void. And so it is with gun control. And so it's not about trying to, I mean, they're going to say it's, we're, we're trying to keep guns out of the hands of bad people. All mm -hmm. you're doing is taking them out of the hands of good people. Right. Criminals don't right. obey the law anyway. And if we go back and look through history, we will see that every time a nation restricts its citizens of weapons, they then, within the next generation, control that country, manipulate them, push them in boxcars, and cart them off to concentration camps where they're executed or pushed into slave labor. Germany did this. Um, mm -hmm. Every other communistic country has done this. You know, you were mentioning countries that don't have the freedoms we have. You can own a gun in England, but you have to keep it at the police department and you have to check it out when you want it and oh you have to have goodness. a need to use it. It's yours, but you can't have it unless they say so. Oh my. Well, in those kind of countries, people are controlled and manipulated and forced to do things. And this is why you'll see on the news from time to time, back when the news still reported the news, you would see a guy with a knife chasing a bunch of cops around. 
Mm-hmm. And I could remember very clearly a guy with a big knife, like a big butcher knife, chasing three or four cops around a car with a knife. That never happens in America. And the reason it doesn't happen in America is because our cops have firearms. Yeah. They, they may back up and try to disarm, but eventually the guy with the knife needs to die. He's the criminal. Yeah. And so it's always a push for control of the citizenry. We see that as early in American history as the battle of Lexington and Concord, the shot heard around the world. Yeah. You know, we all hear about the Minutemen forming up the militia forming up in Lexington green and opposing this much larger force of, of the, the, the British army. We forget that the British army was sent out. That detachment was sent out to confiscate weapons and munitions from Concord where they knew that there were weapons being stored. Now let's just run the quick quiz here. This is the most powerful military in the world. They just mm-hmm. defeated France and Spain. Yeah. We're talking about a handful of people that live in a colony that just got through with a war with the French and the Indians. They outnumbered us six, eight to one. Right. They can totally crush us. They have the most powerful Navy in the world. They can cut off our ports. This, they were not going after these weapons to try to get some kind of military advantage. They were going after them to control the citizenry of the mm-hmm. colonies. Yes. They knew they could win an armed conflict, but what they wanted was the right to walk in your home, to confiscate, to, to search and seize without a warrant. They wanted the right to force those laws that they were passing for the colonies that the, the colonists were opposed to. Mm-hmm. And so it was the individual armament that kept the government from just walking into your home. I mean, they might attempt that, but somebody might die in the process. Yeah. So it was never about trying to get a military advantage. It was about controlling these people. Sure. And, and weakening sure. them so the government control them. And so you need to understand when all these politicians and even, you know, religious people, Christian speakers, are, they're all on a bandwagon of government control. Anybody mm-hmm. that's advocating this, they're either extremely naive and ignorant. And I would say if you're running a seminary, you're probably not naive and ignorant. You probably have yeah. an agenda, just like you were mentioning the Democrats. They just jump out every time they're yeah. shooting. They turn a tragedy into an opportunity to promote their platform. Yeah, and that, that really gets under my skin because, you know, the government, our government does not care about our safety. Um, if they really cared about, you know, children's safety, they would outlaw abortion, right? Yeah. So I don't want to hear about all their caring about safety and the, uh, you know, the well-being of children when, when they allow abortion to take sure. place. Well, and, and they also allow and regulate these uh, gun-free zones, which, right. such as schools and hospitals, right. which are easy targets. And the government knows this. Yes. They know that the law-abiding citizen is not going to bring in a gun, but a criminal will. There's certain places I won't go because there's already gun laws in place. You can't bring a firearm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to go in there and, and potentially submit myself to become a victim of somebody yeah. with a gun who doesn't obey the laws. So I obey the laws and I don't go. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier about the, uh, the shooting in Nigeria. Um, that's what happens in a gun free zone. You yeah. know, um, they're, they're like sheep to the slaughter. That's why these guys go to schools. Yeah, they go to schools to do this because you're not an honest guy like me who's obeying the laws, not going in there with a gun. Right, right. So it's anytime you disarm people, you make them vulnerable. 
So mm-hmm. an armed society is a polite society. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I know the argument, well, you want to go back to the Wild West. And no, I don't. I just want you to recognize that this country was built on my right to keep and bear. That means you firearm mm-hmm. for my right. own personal defense and the defense of others. Mm-hmm. And yes. we see from Canada that we can't rely on the police department to honor the government. I mean, how many, yeah. how many pastors did they lock up and throw in jail over not complying with some medical advice that the government mandates? Sure. Sure. And so, Anytime you see a, 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 a strict gun law, you're also going to see a heavy-headed government. Mm-hmm. It goes hand-in-hand hand every time. Yes. Well, I, I think the first thing they're going to come after are these uh, AR-15s, and, and you have one, maybe more. No, I these. don't. I lost them all in a boating accident in the Arkansas River. <laughs> That's a good story, man. I had, I, I've had a few over the years, but <laughs> one time on a hunting trip, we sunk a boat and they're all somewhere in the bottom of the Arkansas river. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, is to me, that's, that's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down when you start, uh, outlawing certain types of guns. Right. Uh, well, this one's too powerful. That bullet travels too far and too fast. Well, you go down that rabbit hole and pretty soon then the next gun is going to be too powerful, too well, fast. And that's you bring up another point, Wade, the propaganda coming out of the media and the government is flat out ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden said something. I read the quote. I don't remember it exactly, but he said a nine millimeter would rip your lung out. A nine millimeter is one of the smaller pistol cartridges available today. Right. Most law enforcement went to 40 caliber pistols for more stopping power, which is a much larger round. Uh, somebody else said uh, in the media, I believe it was, I don't remember. I, I don't want to speculate. One of the, one of the media outlets said that a, a five, five, six or the AR 15, five, five, six round, the five, five, six NATO was designed to decapitate a person uh, to take their head clean off. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. The bullets that NATO uses in the five, five, six and the five, seven are much smaller than our communist counterparts. They shoot 7.62 millimeter mm. bullets we shoot 5.56 millimeter bullets our our rationale our our intention was to wound our enemy and in wounding them cause another healthy enemy to get them off the field so we wanted to wound one and take two or three out of the picture the communist on the other hand they said no we want a big round we want to kill our enemy and so our our rifles the 556 the AR15 platform in its original caliber 556 was not designed to kill it was designed to disarm the wound uh, if we were to take that round and transfer it over to the hunting world most people would view the AR15 caliber and it, you can get an AR15 a number of calibers hmm. but the 556 223 this would be a varmint round this is what we would use on fox coyotes prairie dogs Mm-hmm. It's not even considered a long range round. It's a rather short, it's a weak cartridge wow. as far as hunting goes. It's for smaller animals, not squirrels and rabbits, but more in the varmint range. Yeah. And so what they don't like about it is its ability to hold up to 30 rounds in a standard magazine. Mm-hmm. That's what they don't like. They don't like right. the fact that we have 30 rounds. And that's what makes us a honest public. That's what keeps the government honest. Mm-hmm. To know that their citizens have access to rifles with 30 rounds in it. 
And so yeah. you try to strip us of that uh, and, and make these ludicrous claims that it's ludicrous. It's just going to blow your head off and that nothing could be further. From- sure. Sure. Here, here's an idea about school shootings. How about secure the schools? How about that? Instead of banning weapons, secure the schools. We have sent $54 billion to Ukraine. Could we not, you know, spend a few billion securing? Here's here's the thing. I don't know anything about Uvalde, Texas, other than I have a cousin that lives there. Okay. But I have a wife that's a public school teacher. And to go see her at school, I can't just walk in the building. There are mm-hmm. no unlocked doors. They all auto lock when they shut. What I have to do is go to the front of the building and push a buzzer. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in front of a camera and a lady at the office will ask me who I am and why I'm there. And she will decide right then if she's going to unlock the door. She pushes a button. I unlock mm-hmm. the door. I can walk in. When I walk in, there's a resource officer, a police officer who's stationed right there at the door. Mm-hmm. And the office is right there. And that's your only access to the building. Yeah. And then when these school shootings took place, these people all walled themselves in their room. That's that's not what teachers are trained to do. They're trained to get out of the building. I, this whole thing down there just doesn't make any sense. That right. somebody could just walk into a school unannounced and then stay in there for an hour with everybody locked in with him. It, it's just crazy. But there's not going to be any common sense brought out of this. We're just going to say, oh, it's a school shooting. Everybody give up your guns for the safety of everybody else. Well, sure. I can assure you guys that are going to commit a school shooting, they're not giving up their guns. Right. And if That's they right. do, they're going to go get another one. It'll leave. Mm-hmm. So, so the laws don't matter. Right. Right. It's, it's crazy. You know, the, uh, how, how this shooter got in the school, you know, the door was propped open, uh, just so many question marks, you know, why, why the police did not enter in that classroom. They, you know, let the man stay in there for several minutes. Uh, it goes back to what we talked about earlier with many of the, not only liberals and Hollywood stars against, um, guns, but evangelicals and one being a prominent evangelical named, uh, John Piper. Um, never heard of him. Oh yeah, man. He, he is a, uh, uh, big guru. And I, I think his, uh, his posters on his, on your wall there. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's Spurgeon, isn't it? Popper here. That might be Charles Spurgeon. Behind <laughs> <me>. <laughs> that's funny. Well, he, he wrote, uh, several years ago, back in 2014, a little article as to why Christians should, should not own a gun or four discouragements against owning firearms. And I'm just going to run through these four very quickly, and you just kind of give us a little rebuttal as to uh, his uh, his statements here. Number one, one discouragement against owning a firearm is the human heart is quick to anger. Yeah, let me say something before we start in these four. He said in his statement before that, he and I, I watched his, his little seven-minute spiel on this, he said, I'm bearing testimony here, not prescribing. I'm telling people why I don't do what I do, mm-hmm. why I do what I do. Okay. But when you are a very influential person like John Piper, you are telling people, you are influencing society. Sure. And so even though you're saying, hey, this is just my own personal aspect, uh, you're saying some things that are wrong. And so he says the human heart is quick to anger. And he goes on to talk about how he has a problem with anger. He could snap. 
I would say the opposite is true. Because the human heart is quick to anger, I ought to be armed. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm prone to get angry, but because the world I live in is prone to get angry. And it's wicked. And government can become wicked. A a group, a gang could become wicked. A group of people could decide to do harm. Mm -hmm. And because they're prone to wickedness, why in the world would we who are Christians and have a new heart? We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. I now have the mind of Christ. Yes, my old flesh is still here. Yes, I still wrestle. But I have never once contemplated grabbing a gun and killing somebody at a moment's notice. Right. But I know the world has and I know the world does. Therefore, those of us who are Christians, we ought to own a gun because the human heart is quick to anger. Mm-hmm. The world around us has not been reconciled to God through Christ. Yes. And we are very likely to encounter people with that problem. Right. This, the second discouragement against owning a firearm. He says the surrounding culture commends dangerous arrogance. Speaking about TV shows and movies, um, they kind of glamorize guns. What's your rebuttal to that? Yep. The culture and the media. Okay. Be not of the world. We're not mm-hmm. of the world. All right. We're in the world, but not of the world. If the world is acting this way, does that mean Christians act this way? He goes on in, in his argument there saying uh, they walk around with a cocky swagger. They try to get the last word and has the last shot. Christians don't walk around with a cocky swagger. He's describing mm-hmm. the world and saying Christians shouldn't have guns because the world acts this way. We are to be meek. And meek doesn't mean weak. It means under control. We're to be humble. And so for for Piper to sit here and describe the world and say, now, Christian, you can't have it because the world acts this way. You're describing those who don't know Christ. And they are prone to walk around and cocky and have a swagger about them. And so that argument, you're applying the world's logic and the way the world is to Christian is. Nothing could be further from the truth. He's reversing roles and judging the believer on the basis of the world. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, thirdly, God's word discourages repaying evil for evil. Turn the other cheek. Yeah, this. these are all verses, and he admits to this. He, he gives Matthew 5, 39, Matthew 10, 16, Romans 12, 17, repay no one evil for evil. Well, the problem with this, and he admits it. He says, now, I'll admit, guys, that this is really more about... Um, uh, insults and and being being hit, not not killing, but it's the spirit of the of the law here. The problem with what John Piper is saying is that the Bible explicitly doesn't explicitly say what he's saying he believes. If you take a passage that's applying to someone insulting and you're not supposed to insult them back, and you apply that to someone shooting your wife and your children, but you're not supposed to shoot them back. You didn't understand the spirit of the law. Right. You took a Bible verse that was talking about something completely and totally different and applied it to your responsibility as a husband to protect those whom you have the oversight of. Mm-hmm. Shepherds did not go out into the fields at night to watch the sheep empty-handed. They had a rod, a staff, and evidently David had a sl- He knew how to use it. And when the lion and the bear came and tried to take something out of the flock, that David was responsible for caring for, David rose up in the power that he had and slew the bear and slew the lion. Now, there's you a Bible verse that directly correlates 
to the role of a husband over his family. There's your role that directly correlates, our Bible verse that directly correlates to the role of a pastor or under shepherd. This idea that their Bible verse is not to repay evil for evil. How is it evil when I'm saving innocent life? Right. This, this is just asinine to me. Sure. That evil is coming and God has given us a means with which we can defeat evil and stop it. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, no, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. We're supposed to stand there and get shot. Now, listen, if the government's going to come and lock me up because I believe in Christ and they're going to throw me in jail because I'm a Christian, then then I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to go to the to the post and be burned like the martyrs before me. But we're talking about a bad guy, a criminal seeking to do harm to our family, our friends, even potentially our church. He is saying that when someone comes into a church and starts shooting, Christians should just sit there and let the evildoer wax worse and worse. He's absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's twisted scripture like nothing I've ever seen. Sure. I'm sorry I'm getting loud and a little preachy, Wade, but <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. How can someone listen to this guy and take him serious? Right, right. Here's the last one. Another discouragement against owning firearms to save a life by killing does not invite the protection of God. Yeah, and he he uses Peter's drawing of the sword in the Garden of Gethsemane and taking the ear off of the servant of the high priest. And he says, the Lord turns to Peter and says, put your sword back in its place, Peter. Okay, prime time for Jesus to say Christians shouldn't own a sword, Peter. Prime prime opportunity for Jesus and this is why Christians might do something wrong. Instead, Jesus had just told them the day prior, if you don't have a sword, sell your coat and go get one. And they said, we have two swords. Why didn't he say, take them swords to the pawn shop and trade them in for harps? That's what we really need. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't, he never once told them. He told them the opposite. But John Piper leaves that out. And instead, John Piper would say, when Jesus told him to put his sword back in his place, he was telling him to put it away. And then he goes and quotes the proverb, they that live by the sword die by the sword. And he goes on to say that this is talking about people who are in the military or constantly fighting. You know, eventually the law of average is going to get you. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the odds that I'm going to encounter somebody trying to harm my family? Slim. I'm not living by the sword. I'm not trusting in the sword. John Piper in this article goes on to say, you know, it's pretty petty if you believe in God to um, pretty petty if you believe in God to um, trust in a gun. And I'm like, I'm not trusting in a gun. And he says, if you really believe in God, uh, when you die, you go to heaven. Mm -hmm. So I'm ready to go to heaven. I'd rather die. The guy that's trying to kill me, he may not be going to heaven. I may send him to hell. Right. Okay. That's a good point, John. But what if we're sitting here and this guy who's trying to kill you, a Christian, is also trying to kill other people who are not saved that might go to hell? Mm-hmm. Should we allow this one guy who might go to hell for doing this? Should we allow him to kill all of these other people and, and harm them? They also might go to hell and they're not trying to kill anybody. Right. No, I right. would say whether you're a Christian, whether whether you're you're a pagan. If you are trying to support and defend and protect the weak and the feeble among us, draw your arms and defend innocent, what we call innocent life. Yes. And for him to say when the Christian dies, he goes to heaven. That's why I walk through a hell of gunfire to try Mm -hmm. to put an end to. I don't, I'm not afraid of dying. 
I'm afraid of others dying and me being there with the means to fix it, the means to stop it. And listening to a guy like John Piper and say, I should turn the other cheek and watch all these other innocent people die. I can assure you, if John Piper was standing in the hallway of the school in Uvalde, Texas, when this man was in that room shooting those people, every god Christian would wish he had a firearm to go in there and oppose that man and save those children. Yes. And for you to say, if I die, I go to heaven, that's selfish and ignorant. Right. I couldn't disagree more with all four points that he has. Mm -hmm. I couldn't unrecommend them. Uh, more than he already recommends them. I mean, it just, how can you be? And I said this earlier, how can you be this smart, this educated and this ignorant on a topic? And I have to say, it all comes back to it's a political agenda. It's not about safety of the public. It's Mm -hmm. about control of the public. Sure. You know, John uh, Piper is a Baptist, but he would make a good, good Quaker. Would he not? (laughs) (laughs) Pacifist, man. What it seems like. Look, we we have we are suffering in America for a lack of men who men think. Right. We're created as men for a reason. You know, uh, there are things that men can do that women can't. There Mm -hmm. are things that men are predispositioned to be good at that women can't. We live in a society where people are trying to push and promote women to do things that are a traditional man's role, a biblical man's role. I cannot fathom being in my home and somebody breaking in and me saying, well, I'll just die and let my wife die and let let my wife be abused and let my children die. I'll just die. What a man you're, this is not a matter of pride. This is not walking around cocky. This is not sticking your chest out. This is biblical manhood. This is masculinity. Right. Our job is right. to go to war. Our job is to defend our families. Our job is to defend the lives of those that are defenseless. We are the help to the widow and the orphan. And sometimes that requires us to take up arms and do men things. Mm-hmm. You want to divorce that from, from Christianity? How in the world do you describe David being a man after God's own heart? He was a man of war. Sure. And I just, I am so sick of Christians because of a political agenda promoting gun control. It mm-hmm. is not about, I said it in the beginning, and I'll say it at the end, it's not about public safety. It is always about public control. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we could talk a lot about, a lot more about this. Oh, but, I could uh, preach a sermon on it. I have preached a sermon on it. I, I preached a four-part series on it. <laughs> I did it not because of secular reasoning, but because of Christian ignorance on the topic. Wade it is one of those things that, yeah. We never saw our Baptist forefathers saying these sorts of things. Sure, sure. It's just absolutely crazy what Christian leaders are saying today. Mm -hmm. When you look at their political leanings, their political ties, their views on manhood and womanhood or womanhood, you clearly see this is more than just a public safety issue. Mm -hmm. These guys, it is a public control issue, and they're pushing that agenda. Right, right. Well, Harold's always good to see you and to visit with you and you are very knowledgeable on this uh, subject you you have a youtube channel called preacher's day off and you have like 7500 subscribers and you have a lot of things on there uh that deal with guns and you make your own bullets and all that those kind of things you you are a true patriot man (laughs) well i'm gonna be honest with you wade i as a patriot i would struggle to raise opposition militarily against my government. 
Yeah. I believe right. that God ordains government. I, I would really have to be in a unique situation to yes. oppose my government, but I would have no qualms about protecting my home. If they were yes. going to come in here and give us all a shot of something we didn't want, they were going to force us to, they were going to take my children away or, or, mm-hmm. or take, you know, something like this for, uh, I can't imagine being crowded onto rail cars and trucked off. Oh yeah. Because I yeah. wouldn't speak up when I had a, a microphone and a platform to say mm-hmm. gun control is not anti-Christian. Right. Jesus right. never said, give up your guns. He said, get one. He just told Peter to learn how to use it. Yes. When not to, use it. not that's, that he couldn't have it. That's good. That's good. I would encourage our listeners to uh, reach out to your state, local officials, your senators, congressmen, and, uh, you know, let your voice be heard because there's there's going to be votes in, in D.C. very soon on these gun laws. And we do not need any more gun laws uh, which, uh, of what's already in place. That's not going to fix the problem. These are just little ways that they try to take away our rights. And so I encourage you to, to reach out to them and let your voice be heard. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. May the Lord bless you.